This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What do you see? I see children looking at me. Oh, yay children. Oh, yay children. It's kind of creepy. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's April 11th, 2023. I'm talking slightly like Howard Cosell. For some reason, we're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Do any of you in this room know who Howard Cosell is? Does that name mean anything to you young children all shaking your heads? No, that's depressing. Don't forget, guys, we've got a uh, live post-game show immediately after the show over at rubinreport.locals.com. And we have an iOS app and an Android app if you'd like to join us on your mobile device. The theme for today's show, and I'm very excited for today's show, it's, I would say, in line with a lot of things that we do here, but we're going to whittle it down into a beautiful Floridian piece of art. Uh, the theme today is that what is happening here in Florida obviously is the future, and what is happening about 3,000 miles that way, to my right, in California is obviously the past. However, we are going to have to battle this thing out. That is what we can talk about Trump and DeSantis and Biden and Kamala and Newsom and the rest of the clown show of people. But the real battle, the battle that is actually happening right now is for the direction of America. And I see two choices. We can either go the Florida freedom route or we can go the Cali communist route. That's it. That's really what it boils down to. We've got a lot of personalities involved, a lot of different methods that will potentially get us to either one of those places, but that is exactly what it's all about. And the machine is really ramping up uh, the attacks on the Florida blueprint and particularly, obviously, Governor DeSantis, uh, because he's the one that right now, I would say, is the standard bearer for that blueprint, setting people free. Government won't do everything. It'll occasionally make sure they're not chopping your kids' dicks off. But besides that, it's gonna try to stay out of your way versus what's happening in California where it is in every part of everyone's life and it is taking your money and controlling what your kids are learning or mostly not learning or how they're being brainwashed might be a better way to put it and infecting everything so that people are fleeing one state and going into another state. So what we're gonna really be talking about is how do we usher in this new era? It's not just political, it's cultural as I often talk about. Uh, and I thought we would start right here in my adopted hometown of Miami because this past weekend, the UFC, you guys know all about UFC, these guys beating the crap out of each other and a lot of people dig it. Uh, they had a massive, massive event uh, this weekend in uh, Miami. And Dana White, Dana White is the current president of USC, former fighter, now president of the UFC, Dana White, uh, was talking about what is going on here in Florida. He was talking about Miami specifically because there are reasons that this stuff is all happening. And I thought it was worth sharing. The attendance tonight was 19,032 sold out, highest grossing event in the arena history. 
The gate was 11.9 million, sixth highest grossing uh, event in UFC history. And there's a new sheriff in town, ladies and gentlemen. It beat MSG's last gate. Miami beat Madison Square Garden. Last gate there was uh, 11.5 and it was the same fight. So unbelievable. When you think that last time we came here, we did a gate of 446,000 and now we just beat Madison Square Garden. So I, I've been saying this all week. Miami is like, uh, Miami reminds me of LA 10 years ago. This place is booming. I'm sure you felt it when you're, well, I'm sure a lot of you are from here, but those of you that aren't, I mean, every restaurant is packed till midnight, one in the morning, people out in the streets. It's just like, this place is as cool and as hot and as incredible as ever. It's, it, was, it was a really, I'm glad we came here. It was a cool experience. John Morgan. I was going to say, so when you said at the press conference, hey, we'll be coming back, I mean, do you think this is like an annual type destination for you now? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in. We're, we're coming to Miami. This, this place is such a different place than the last time I was here. Um, obviously, I'm assuming a lot of this was built up, you know, during COVID and, you know, all the stuff that, that you know, went on here. It's just this, this, whole, this place is at a whole nother level. It's, it's incredible. Oh, it's going to hold up because we're doing the work right now to make sure that it does. And we have a fantastic mayor in Miami, Francis Suarez. We'll get to a couple comments from him in just a second, uh, who is doing all the work to ensure that this isn't just a flash in the pan, that all of these people who are coming here, bringing all of these businesses, all of the, the new Floridians who seemingly understand what they fled and why they are here, that we're going to do this right over time. That's what's so beautiful about Florida. So whether you care about UFC or not specifically uh, is sort of irrelevant. It's awesome that the UFC can now pull off a bigger event in Miami than it can at Madison Square Garden, MSG in New York City, right? Like that's pretty incredible. But what he's really talking about there, and the reason I wanted to show you that clip is the cultural change. These are things that start changing things on the ground and then the politics can kind of work up from that. Now you can look at it in both ways. Like the politicians come in, Suarez has done some really nice things to ensure that businesses, especially a lot of tech businesses can come here and flourish. That's what, that's what the city's doing. And now it's absolutely true. Every restaurant in this town is packed all the time. The stores are packed all the time. The grocery stores are packed all the time. Uh, the, the things that we're struggling with are all functions of success. House prices are high because there's so much competition, right? That is legit. Uh, it can be hard actually to, uh, to find a dentist or a uh, optometrist or whatever it might be who's taking new clients because they are inundated. But we will get more and more people. We'll keep building. The metropolitan area of Miami will keep expanding and we'll keep doing it right. So the reason I'm showing you this, again, is not because you have to care about UFC, but it's culturally important. And when people are saying, hey, I will move down there, that this place is like LA 10 years ago. That's something, because L.A. ain't like L.A. from 10 years ago. I got to L.A. 10 years ago in 2013. It was still good, right? There was, yes, high taxes, whatever with the homelessness, but now it is, it is well, I always say San Francisco is the dystopian nightmare, but it's, it's a close second, right? It's doing that thing. There's nothing cool about Hollywood anymore. There aren't people like, I'm going to go make it in L.A. No, you go down to Miami and do that. Uh, so Miami is next. Miami, I would say, if he's saying Miami is what LA uh, was 10 years ago, I would say Miami is basically 30 years in the future right now. If America is going to succeed what we are doing here, 
in the biggest city in the greatest state in the nation is the model. Uh, the mayor saw that, Francis Suarez, who I just mentioned. He saw uh, the commentary by uh, Dana White and he said, there's a new sheriff in town. And then he had a great tweet uh, with a little bit of the specifics. Now, when we can talk about the politics, when you vote in the right politicians, what happens? Miami safety status updates with a 30% reduction in homicides and a 58% decrease in shootings. We are making great strides towards a safer community for all in Miami. Our resident safety is our top priority and our commitment to reducing crime is unwavering. We will continue doing everything we can to make Miami the safest city in America. It is beautiful. It is happening. And it goes to show, guys, that's, these things are not disconnected. When you constantly demonize the police and call for defunding the police, we know what happens in those Democrat-run cities. But then you have to contrast that with what happens in the cities that they fund the police, that they back the police. The other thing is we took in, I think, over a thousand cops from the NYPD. Someone can check me on the actual numbers on that. And Governor DeSantis gave them bonuses. They did not want to work in New York anymore, where they're treated horribly, they're abused, they, they don't get the legal backing or the backing from the mayor, whether it was de Blasio or the new guy. And what did they do? They're coming down to Florida. So now we're, we're getting better people to come down here. And that also will continue that shift. The blue will get bluer and more destructive and, law, and lawless and unsuccessful. And the red will get redder, which in essence will be successful and flourishing. 700, thank you, 730 NYPD officers came down to Florida in the last year or so. Think about that. Think about that. These are, these are the best trained or were the best trained officers in the nation. And now we got them in Florida where we already have a pretty good situation when it comes to crime, i.e. not that much. But let's contrast that when, when Dana White says, okay, Miami reminds me of LA 10 years ago. Well, what's going on in LA now? As you know, LA has a new mayor. Her name is Mayor Karen Bass. She replaced Eric Garcetti, who was a far left progressive who was bowing in front of BLM activists at the height of COVID. You could go out and protest, but you couldn't go to work literally on his knees in front of these people. Anyway, they brought in another far left whack job, Mayor Karen Bass, and listen to how she's going to be dealing with homelessness. This is from about three months ago. Are you still going to allow LAPD and sanitation officers to do these sweeps of encampments? No, we, these are not sweeps at all. This is getting people to move on their own. But then after the person leaves, sanitation is absolutely going to have to be there. No question about it. But this is not coercing people. This is not ticketing people or incarcerating people. This is moving people from tents to hotels or motels. You know, it's funny, guys. When I've been to hotels, and I've been to a couple in my life, motels, Motel 6, I've been to Best Westerns, I've stayed at some nicer places every now and again. I generally have to pay to be uh, to go to a hotel. Is that is that how? You, yeah, for everybody. Yeah, that. Uh, you see what they're doing. First off, she's saying no, we're not going to move these people. Of course, they're moving these people. These ten cities come up all over LA. In many cases, they don't move them, and then it, and then it becomes drug infested, and and it's medically not safe and infectious and all that stuff, right? And it's a blight on the neighborhood, and then houses pri house prices go down. All of that stuff, obviously. Uh, but they will obviously move these people. But then what do they do? This is the same exact thing that Gavin Newsom, lizard person Gavin Newsom, was saying he was going to do in San Francisco about 
15 years ago when he was the mayor. We will take these people because it's a housing problem. It's not a uh, mental health problem or a drug problem or anything else. It's just a housing problem. So we will take these people and we will put them in hotels and motels. I really just want you to think, like joking aside for just a second, like if you were to picture just like the average homeless person of San Francisco and LA, you know, right? So you have to picture someone who is on drugs, who is mentally not well, who's probably screaming and fighting with people and all. We're going to put them in the Ritz Carlton. We'll put them on the uh, penthouse floor next to Richard Gere and that chick. Like it's so, that was a Beverly Wilshire for those of you paying attention, pretty woman. Um, it's so nuts. It's so completely ridiculous, but it seems right. This is what progressives are really good at. Oh, we will put, we care about homeless people, so we will put them in hotels and motels, and then we'll give them a little card, and they can get room service, and blah, blah, blah. Does that help anyone get off the drugs? Does it help anyone with their mental health? Does it actually create a situation where these people will not live in those hotels or motels forever? Does it get anyone off the city door, or does it just kick the can down the road? So that is the model that California has chosen. It it does not end there, though. If you think that one was bad, L.A. Mayor Karen Bass, here is San Francisco politician Phil Ting saying that San Francisco will be safer if criminals are not locked up. We just need more criminals around us because then, well, take a look. Decades, we had this idea that as a state, we could be safer if we put our inmates, our offenders in the most remote parts of the state. If we could just somehow separate them from their communities, separate them from us, separate them from their loved ones, from their family members, that somehow we'd be safer. And what we discovered, and I think San Quentin has proven it, that actually the exact opposite is needed. That we need to be surrounded by community. Look, if you're watching this show and you live in San Francisco, blink twice. I will try to help you, okay? I can see you through the screen. We've been working on that technology for quite some time. Like, what are you doing? Leave, get out. These people are upset. Phil Ting is upset that criminals live in places called prisons, that you'd like to be far away from your home. He would prefer that they be embedded in your community. They should be around you and somehow you will be safer. These people are insane. They are never going to stop. You really need to understand that, guys. This is, this is a, uh, I would say, a difficult conclusion to come to, uh, but it's a true one nonetheless. These people will never stop. Whether it's drag queen story hour or putting criminals in your backyard or teaching your child that he's racist because he's white, they will never stop. We have to separate from them. We have to mock them and the rest of it. But every single thing that they do, we'll put homeless people into hotels. We will take jailed people and put them in local communities. It makes everything worse always. And then you know who pays the price? Good, decent citizens. And then, and then what happens is good, decent citizens, everyone gets to their breaking point. I got to my breaking point in LA. I have no doubt many of you, I, I know how many of you, uh, have moved around over the last couple of years because of COVID and everything else. People get to the breaking point and then you move families, you move businesses, you move resources. And again, you enrich some places and you leave the other places just for their scorched earth where, where in essence nothing can grow. As you know, the big story out of San Francisco last week, this is from the Washington Free Beacon. I mean, this is just so disturbing 
Cash App founder, sta uh, founder stabbed to death in San Francisco. Bob Lee was fatally stabbed while walking through Nancy Pelosi's district. The father of two had recently relocated to Miami from San Francisco because of deteriorating conditions in the city. I mean, really think about that. I don't know, this, uh, this one for me, like actually really hit home. As someone that fled that insanity, and one of the reasons that we fled Los Angeles was the riots were going by our house and people doxed us and they knew where we lived. I had people outside my house screaming at us, right? Like I was in San Francisco a couple months ago with Elon. I've never in my life, I lived in New York City most of my adult life. I never didn't feel safe there. Wandering around at 4 a.m., Right? I never didn't, you know, on the Lower East Side, never didn't feel safe. San Francisco, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, daylight did not feel safe. This guy then moves. He moves his family and his business. Like he was a huge tech entrepreneur. He moves his family and everything to Miami to be safe, and he gets killed while visiting the place that he left. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Now I want to show, I'm going to show you this video and really I, this is completely not joking and no sarcasm, blah, blah, blah. This is extremely, extremely disturbing. We debated whether we were going to show it to you, but I, I think this really gets to the essence of how backwards these people are. Progressives do not care about people. They pretend to. This is faux virtue. It's not real virtue. If you want to know the fallout of these policies where they let these crack addicts out on the street and they let the criminals out on the street and all of those things, you know what happens? Actually unimaginable things. This is video, it's how long is this? Maybe it's 20 seconds, what is it? Seven, seven. it's seven seconds, so you can just, you can literally close your eyes if you want. But I think it's worth to just really drive the point home that they are not good people. This is video from San Francisco over the weekend. This is a crack addict homeless woman who gave birth on the street. Seven seconds, seven seconds. Guys, this is third world type stuff and it is going to continue to go in that direction. And that's what I'm talking about, about the blueprint and the separation. Do you want that? And do you want that nationalized through Democrat policies, Biden, Newsom, whoever it might be, or do you want to separate from them, live in a place that is reflective of your values and defend that place? So I think you know what my answer is. Uh, but these, the poor conditions of these blue cities, it's not just, okay, now there's crime, and crack addicts having babies on the street and homelessness and all of that. What actually happens is that it starts breaking down the basic bonds of what a society is. This is what wokeism has done incredibly well. And you, you have to give the devil his due, right? You can't just sit there. You can't just sit there and be like, oh, those wokesters, those college kids, like, look at them, blah, 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 right? When I was talking about this stuff literally seven years ago on the show, that's the big pushback I got. Dave, you're making a mound out of a molehill. There's nothing here. You know, these kids are gonna get out into the real world and the real world will, will show them what's up. And no, the real world folded. So what happens is not only the stuff that we've discussed, drugs, homelessness, crime, birth on the streets, all of those things, it actually starts leaking into 
public discourse and the ability for institutions to function, which is why in so many of these blue states and particularly blue cities, blue cities, all of their institutions are failing. Uh, this one is absolutely wild. You may have seen or heard of uh, this young lady. We've talked about her a couple of times on the show, Riley Gaines. She is a, a superstar swimmer who has been outspoken against males, biological males swimming against women and beating women, right? Now we all know that that is a legitimate argument and feminists of 20 years ago would be disgusted to know that a guy with a dick is beating girls in swimming and the feminists of today are applauding it. Well, Riley Gaines went to San Francisco State University a couple days ago and all she talked about was rights of women, keeping men in, out of women's sports, things of that nature. She is the most lovely, pleasant girl you could possibly imagine. And she is an extraordinary swimmer, an extraordinary swimmer. Uh, she was assaulted by a completely violent, crazed LGBTQ plus double spirit wing wang uh, group and assaulted by a trans activist. I think it's a guy as a girl or a, ah, just watch the video. I mean, this is crazy. Trans rights are human rights. If you mean by that your ability as an adult to live with the same rights as everyone else and dress as you wish and whatever, I agree with you. If you mean trans rights are human rights, we get to chase you down a hallway and assault you and had the cops not been there, rip you to shreds, then I would slightly disagree with that. These people are completely out of control. There is not one Democrat, I could not find one, not one Democrat who was willing to condemn that, all right? Some Republicans did, of course. Imagine if that was flipped and you had a bunch of, you know, let's say, right-wing activists chasing down you know, a black female. We would be having you know, riots all over the country right now. CNN would be telling you this is white supremacy, blah, blah, blah. You, you all get the double standards. Okay, that's just fine. Um, but, but these people are out of control. And do you see how these things are connected? These, the bad ideas, the bad ideas coupled with algorithms coupled with a generation that is on drugs, both illegal and prescription drugs, has led to a bunch of crazy people running down a hallway, screaming at a girl who's just saying, all she's saying is I as a girl would like to compete against girls when it comes to swimming. Do you see it? But it's not going to stop. And it is being pushed by politicians like Gavin Newsom. So Gavin Newsom, the devil himself. I believe he is an evil lizard person. He is a force of evil. I don't think he's a human being. I can't explain that fully. I will continue to flesh this theory out. I don't think he's human. I don't think he's of human. I don't think he's a robot necessarily. And I do think he's part lizard person, but I think there is, I think he has been sent here. Maybe this is a little bit of post Passover Easter. I'm thinking about good and evil and things of that nature. Anyway, Gavin Newsom uh, spent a couple days here in Florida. And you know, here in Florida, we, we love uh, reptiles. We do. We love our iguanas. We love our geckos. We even love our snakes. What we don't like are lizard people. 
Uh, and here is lizard person Gavin Newsom. Here's one of his tweets from his visit to Florida. And look at the way they take those pictures. Like he's such, he loves books. Uh, met with some librarians today while in Florida. They shared with me the rich, diverse background of the town and what's at stake if we ban our kids from learning our real history. So of course, he's saying nothing there. He's saying absolutely nothing. He met with librarians. Now, the only book that has been banned across Florida is the Gender Queer book, which literally teaches kids how to give handjobs. So for some reason, he's Gavin Newsom is interested in teaching people how to give kids handjobs. That can be clipped into and sent across the internet because it's true. He's very upset that that book's not gonna be there. Also, the real history thing, which is complete nonsense. You have to teach about the Holocaust in Florida. You have to teach about slavery and civil rights. What we did not want was one single AP course about African-American studies to also teach gender queer theory, right? Because Harriet Tubman was not a lesbo. But if she was, we would teach it. <laughs> Connor's eyebrow went like this. She wasn't. Um, anyway, this guy is just terrible. He is a lizard person. Show the image. We found this image. I think that's real. As far as I can tell, that's a real image. He is wearing a human face as a lizard person. It has been uh, taped on in a, in a very disturbing, stretched way over him. And there are his soulless eyes and his, uh, you know, very, very expensive veneers and crowns. Uh, but let's continue. Gavin Newsom uh, went to the library near New College. Now, New College is the university here in Florida that uh, Governor DeSantis has decided to actually have a diverse set of ideas when it comes to the people that are on the board so the college doesn't become an infested, woke, leftist indoctrination center. Instead becomes, you're not gonna believe this, a place of higher learning. Anyway, Gavin Newsom went to a local library and here he is, because he's such a man of the people, this guy. Me and you, sister. You can just feel it, like how much he hates these people actually. And it's like, what are you doing here? You have ruined everything you've ever touched, except that you've become worth something around 20 million. Is it around 20 million that he's worth? And he's, you know, he's got his relationship with uh, Nancy Pelosi and, you know, he's got his wineries that he kept open in Cali while he was, you know, shutting everybody else's wineries down and all of the horrible things that he's done and the decimation of San Francisco. What are you doing here? Stay out of our free state, you communist devil worshiper. We don't want you here. You are evil. Here's more video from Gavin Newsom. Uh, he was on the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. Every single thing that he says here about Ron DeSantis, this is a lie. We'll get into it after. Enjoy. Well, you had Governor DeSantis signing a yeah. bill on permitless carry Sick. behind closed doors. Yeah, what did you make of that? Scared to death. Who is he scared of? Scared of the people. Scared the of the people public. in Florida? Yeah, that overwhelmingly oppose that position. But <laughs> I think the majority of NRA members, you know, probably oppose that position. No background checks? No, ba no background? None? Really? I mean, no, tra no training? Why, why would we do that with weapons of war? Which is what permitless carry means. Yeah, that's extreme in the extreme. That's what's happened. Of course, not surprising if a guy doesn't believe that a young girl uh, should have the freedom to determine her own reproductive future and has to bear the child of a rapist in the name of freedom without the exception of rape and incest. I mean, that's what we're getting from these folks. So look, it sickens me in my court. Sickens me 
All right, let's just do it calm. Dave, stay calm. Stay calm, Dave. Life's good. You live in Florida. Okay, you're right. Stay calm, everybody. All right, first off, uh, there is a rape and incest exclusion here in Florida. We also have a 15-week ban on abortion, so you can have the abortion up to 15 weeks. There is a, a bill in the Florida House right now to change it to six weeks, which would be further than I would want it. I'm actually completely personally comfortable. 12 weeks to me would be ideal, That you know, but okay, 15 weeks is fine. Uh, but no one's been complaining about abortion here in Florida, so he's completely lying that a rapist could rape a girl in Florida and that they would force you to have the go ahead with the birth and that he cares about this girl's autonomy when it comes to her own body. The same guy who was forcing people to be injected with an experimental um, vaccine is, is complete nonsense. Also, that Jen Psaki says that they signed this permitless carry behind closed doors. That sounds very nefarious. Behind closed doors? Well, yes, the door might have been closed in the office that they signed it in. Our door is closed here. Does that mean we're up to no good? What, it means nothing, but it just sounds like he signed that thing behind closed doors. Everyone knew what he was about to sign. He didn't go in there and secretly do anything. They were like, Governor, could you sign the bill that we've been very public about for the last couple of months? You're going to go ahead and sign that? Yeah, yeah. Somebody, could, could you just close the door? There's a draft in here. It's, so, it's just so profoundly ridiculous. And then everything that he says about it is a lie. No, uh, no uh, what does he say? He says no background checks, um, that, these weapons of war. It's not no background checks on the guns, you lying sack of shit. It's that once you have permitless carry, the whole idea of permitless carry is if you legally have the gun and you have to have a background check to get the gun, right? Even here in Florida, everywhere in Texas, everywhere else, you have to have a, a permit to get your gun. You have to have some level of background check and everything else, okay? That's number one. The idea of permitless carry is that once you've gone through that check, why should there be another hoop to jump over for you to carry your gun as you see fit. You've already been checked. The whole idea that, oh, we can just, okay, you'll have to get a permit for that and a permit for this and a permit for that and blah, 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 blah. So you, it's a complete lie and she just sits there and takes the lie. It has nothing to do with no background checks and weapons of war and permits. It's just, you have the gun, it's legally yours. Yes, you can do what you feel uh, you wanna do with it. That's it, ugh. Here's a little more from Gavin Newsom. Because they're bullies. The one thing Ron DeSantis has in common, every, literally, think about it. Every single thing this guy does, he does with intention because he's a weak guy masquerading as if he's a strong guy. So he takes on the most vulnerable consistently, a 700-person college. He takes on, he has to find migrants in another state. I mean, just think about it. He goes to another state to find migrants under false pretense and sends them to an island. He decides to have his own police force and go out and arrest people uh, early in the morning in their underwear uh, because they filled out the wrong form. Everything this guy does, going after the LGBTQ community, going after, even trying to take, I mean, everything this guy does has that in common, trying to humiliate, try to bully other people. And this is consequential though, because if he's successful here, it will have an impact and reverberate in other states and other institutions. And as a guy that you know runs the UC system and the CSU Board of Trustees, the greater conveyor belt for talent of public education, higher learning anywhere on the globe, this is a serious, serious moment. And that's why I'm here to call it out and all of academia should be calling this out. Okay, we'll, we'll go through the lies in just a sec, but let, let's just be clear. What's going on here right now is that Gavin Newsom is running for president. 
that 100% is what's happening here. What they're doing is they, they want Biden to be able to be alive, right? Like they want his, the sack that Biden is because he, Biden is the perfect thing for this, this inept, inept, no, it's not inept, for this intentionally evil movement of wokeism and leftism and collectivism and socialism that's creeping through everything. Biden's perfect for it, right? Because he's always been in the system. He'll repeat anything, usually very poorly, that they put in front of him, and he's perfect for it. But they have to have a backup in case, literally, he has a stroke or whatever, or he falls up the stairs or down the stairs or whatever it might be. And Gavin Newsom clearly is that guy. So when these people tell you that they love minorities and women and blah, blah, blah. They are ready to uh, throw Kamala Harris under the bus. You must understand that. They know that she cannot be president of the United States. Russia, big, Ukraine, small. Like the woman's dealing with uh, a serious lack of mental acumen to say the least. So they are gonna figure out a way to have this straight white man leapfrog over the black woman in case they get to emergency mode and they have to replace Joe Biden. That is fully what's happening here. Uh, that Ron DeSantis is a bully and he's mean and all of those things. He's going after a 700 person college. Well, actually that's our most left wing out of control college and he's fixing it up. So that actually is true. Uh, LGBTQ people, he's going after him. No one can figure out why. Again, for some reason, Gavin Newsom wants to teach young people how to give hand jobs. Ron DeSantis doesn't seem to be that interested in that. Apparently that's an attack on the LGBT community to him. The migrant thing that he went to other states, the migrants were here and then he moved them to Martha's Vineyard. And then the good, tolerant, open-minded, diversity-loving leftists of Martha's Vineyard made sure that they got out of there within 24 hours. Give me a little bit. Then he called him a coward, right? He said he was a coward and something else. A little bit about uh, Ron DeSantis' history. Uh, during his active duty service, De uh, DeSantis was deployed to Iraq as an advisor to U.S. Navy SEAL commander in support of the SEAL mission in Fallujah, Ramadi, and the Al-Anbar province. His military decorations include the Bronze Star Medal for Meridris Service and the Iraq Campaign Medal. The guy's been around the block. That's the point. I mean, he, you are a coward. You, you come with a silver spoon in your mouth. You have destroyed the state that you live in that you dare even show up here. But anyway, I'm telling you all of this because I know everyone seems to think, I would say that the, the mainstream thought right now is that because of uh, what happened to Trump over the last two weeks, this ridiculous, absolute sham indictment out of New York, that somehow Trump is now the front runner again. But I'm telling you, it's just not right. It's just not right because nobody's attacking Trump. Everybody on every side of everything is attacking DeSantis the entire way through, even though the guy has not even announced. Uh, there was a post on Truth Social by Trump that Clay Travis, you guys know Clay Travis, my buddy from uh, Outkick.com, uh, commented on. Let's pull that up for just a sec. Uh, Clay wrote, Donald Trump hints he might pick Ron DeSantis as his VP if DeSantis doesn't run for president. At least that's the way I'm reading it. And what Trump wrote was, and this is, this is just a day ago, Ron DeSantis is a young man who is not doing well against me in the polls, to put it mildly. I believe that if he decides to run for president, which will only hurt and somewhat divide the Republican Party, he will lose the cherished and massive MAGA vote and never be able to successfully run for office again. If he remains governor, which is what Florida voters assumed, it would be a whole different story just saying, but who knows? So the implication there, what Clay is saying is that the just saying part is, oh, you'll be my VP if you sit this one out. I am telling you guys, this shows that there is blood in the water related to Trump. I know that has a whole bunch of people angry at me, but I'm just telling you what I think. That, dis that remember this, a week ago, 
Trump is out there calling him a rhino and a globalist and all of this stuff. I, I had a tweet about it, we'll get to in a second. Uh, and now he's basically trying to be nice to him because I think they have realized, and I said this to Rudy Giuliani a couple days ago uh, at an event I did with Patrick Beck David, we've got a clip for you in a moment. Um, and I said this to Matt Gates. the name calling is not working on Ron DeSantis. It worked on Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio in 2015. It really did and it worked on Hillary Clinton but taking the guy who is doing everything that we all asked with your nonsensical name calling and all of the usual BS, it's not working. So suddenly Trump is going from calling him a rhino to saying, ah, maybe you could be my VP. And that I think is why personally, for me at the moment, I'm kind of over the Trump thing. I'm over just throwing shit at a wall, just throwing everything you can get, firing it at the wall constantly, seeing what sticks and then going with that and then realizing, oh, that's not working anymore and then throwing more shit. You know what? It just gets shit all over everybody. I, I had a tweet about just that. I said, uh, I was re retweeting Clay on that. I said, he was calling him, DeSantis, a rhino globalist pedophile the other day. He's nervous and he should be. Also, nobody cares for these rambling diatribes anymore. They want clarity, competency, and real leadership. I, I wanna focus on that for just a second. Clarity, competency, competency, and real leadership. I would say it's the three C's. Clarity, competency, and communication. Let me coin that phrase right now. Can we write that down and coin that? I don't know if that, you have to put a little star next to it or something. That's what people want. We, it's enough of this thing. We've been doing it for a while, right? The Trump thing started in 2015. I'm very thankful that Trump ran for president. I'm very thankful for his years in office. There is certainly, once again, a way that I will end up voting for him. Maybe DeSantis doesn't run. Maybe he beats him fair and square. I'm gonna vote for a Republican no matter what, obviously. But I think everyone's had just about enough of this. And it's, it's an interesting moment because a week ago, he's a rhino globalist and he's a pedophile and blah, blah, blah. And George Soros funds him and Paul Ryan, like it's just crap against the wall, right? None of it's real. But then he saw it didn't work. And this is a rare moment. You don't really see this with Trump. Trump knows how to go through one way. Trump knows how to break and just ram through everything. But suddenly he was kind of hands off. That was his sort of apology tweet in a way. That's the closest you're gonna get from an apology to Trump because Trump realized, boy, this isn't working. So I better dangle something in front of him. You don't wanna piss off my base. And if you don't piss them off, maybe I'll make you VP. I, I just don't think there's any way DeSantis would do it. I don't even think it's constitutionally allowed because they're both from the same state. Am I right on that? Yeah, so there, there's an issue there. Uh, Florida Dad on Twitter had an interesting point that I wanted to bring up. He wrote, in the past month, Trump has been to Texas for a rally and that's it. DeSantis has been to 13 states, signed school choice, constitutional carry, overhauled tort reform, plus more, and session is only half over. Work ethic matters and is what should be expected from a president. The reason I wanted to read that was because again, again, it gets to my point of just like, I think that's just people want. We've had a, what people want. We've had enough of the show. We want just competent leaders who will stop the insanity from infecting whatever we have left. We wanna keep what we have left. We wanna build new things, build out that way. But we don't want the endless destruction and the show and, and that you will pull out all stops to destroy anything on your quest to power Donald Trump. I just don't think people want it anymore. Uh, and there is evidence actually that DeSantis, well, there's plenty of evidence that he's doing the right thing, uh, but that he is modeling that for what would potentially be a bigger run. Uh, here he is going off on Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg, of course, is the DA from New York City who has put together this absolute sham indictment on Trump. Uh, and DeSantis talks about what he has done here in Florida related to these Soros-backed DAs. And I'm just 
the only person in this country that can stand before you and say, when we had somebody in Tampa that was trying to pursue that agenda, I yanked him from his position. He's gone. So you really need to understand that. You know, we get these Soros-backed DAs, and we know they are, and it's not anti-Semitic to say that. And George Soros, George Soros has never done anything for the Jewish people or for Israel or anything else. He, the guy's a complete dirtbag, billionaire, leftist lunatic. But he has placed DAs in San Francisco. We know that. That guy, Chesa Boudin, got recalled because it was so bad there. Now they have another crazy lefty. Uh, he backed George Gascon, who was the former San Francisco guy who ended up being L.A., destroyed L.A., he has backed people in New York like Alvin Bragg. He backed this one guy here in Tampa, the only person to get rid of a Soros-backed DA, which is the exact type of person that's going after Trump in New York now. Governor Ron DeSantis, right? Uh, but it continues. It continues. I want to show you Byron Donalds. You guys, you guys know Byron Donalds. I think he is, a, he is a massive Republican star on the way up. I've had him on the show a couple times from Southwest Florida, congressman here. Uh, just across the state. Uh, he went on uh, Wolf Blitzer's program on uh, CNN and watch this as Byron just lays out the nonsensical case against Trump. Look at, look at Wolf's face the whole time. It's pretty priceless. Wolf, even the FEC looked at this and the FEC said there's nothing to see here. The Department of Justice looked at this. They said there's nothing to see here. Last time I checked, Alvin Bragg does not sit on the FEC. He's not somebody who's steeped in election law. He's a local prosecutor in Manhattan, where, by the way, he's actually downgraded of violent felonies in Manhattan. So the people of Manhattan aren't as safe as they should be in their own streets. That is not even his jurisdiction. So he piles that into this indictment, which frankly doesn't even really cite what he's talking about, except the 2016 elections. And we're supposed to sit here and take this seriously. No, this is politics and it's gross politics. This is a type of thing that the American people don't want to see. Look, you can have disagreements with between Republicans and Democrats. I have strong opinions of my own. But to say that you're gonna shoehorn some, shoehorn some phony situation into a felony indictment or 34 felony indictments, that is a stretch, that is a kangaroo court. You can see Wolf Blitzer like choking in his vomit as he's doing that. You know, to my point about clarity, competency, and communication, the three C's that I have now coining right here, uh, Byron Donalds has got it too. And by the way, Byron Donalds just a couple days ago he endorsed Donald Trump. I'm cool with Byron Donalds, right? So when I'm saying these things, like there, there's a lot of different ways we can all play the politics version of this. And I think that we have to separate that from the idea version of this, right? Like you might like one candidate for this. Byron might have his own political uh, ambitions. I don't know exactly what they are, but the point is uh, we can disagree on like the candidate and whatever. But in terms of what I want, Byron Donalds just did it, right? and he's back in Trump. So th there's, there's room on the margins here. There's a little gray area that we can all play in here. Uh, but the next part of this, of course, is how do we stop this at the national level? Because you might be watching this in a red state. And by the way, some of the red states are struggling with different things right now too, even Tennessee, which has become redder because of the influx there. They've got a whole situation going on at the Capitol, which I'm sure we'll cover later in the week. Uh, but you might be watching this in a red state going, well, you know what, just, I just don't care about this crap anymore. I don't, I don't care about the federal government, but it cares about you. The blue states care about you. So what can we do? Let's say we had a leader who was the president of the United States, who was competent, who offered clarity and could communicate that vision. What are some of the things he might wanna do so that the government wasn't up your butt all day long? Well, DeSantis laid that out a couple days ago.
you have a government that's on autopilot. So they will either do massive omnibus spending bills, which nobody really reads or has any idea what's in it, or they will do what's called continuing resolutions, which just keeps the government going, uh, whatever the previous year's levels of appropriations were. The problem with that is that that they're never using that number one constitutional power they have, the power of the purse, to rein in these administrative agencies. And so you have something like DOJ and FBI. Well, if you never hold them accountable through the legislative process, either through, through law or through, through budget, of course power is going to accumulate there. You've also had kind of a trope that a lot of Republican presidents have accepted over the years that DOJ and FBI are, quote, independent uh, of the White House. And first of all, these people have guns. They can put you in jail. Saying they're independent means they're unaccountable. No, they are executive branch agencies that report to the elected president of the United States. And uh, an executive, elected executive, absolutely has to use Article II power uh, to hold those agencies accountable. I'd rather have the fight uh, to try to discipline the agencies and let the chips fall where they may than just allow the status quo to continue in the direction that it has gone in. Okay, so I don't show you that clip to be like, DeSantis, great, Trump, horrible. But the, but the proof is in the pudding right there. That, that calm explanation, what did I ask for? Competency, clarity, and communication. You're getting them all right there. What do we do about these agencies that grow bigger and bigger and bigger? that seem to have inordinate control and nobody watching over them. You can defund them, you can look into them. It's one of the jobs that the president has to do. He even mentions Article Two of the Constitution, right? Trump didn't do any of that. that. That's just the truth. Now, he might be more enraged about it now and maybe he would go ahead and do it, but the fact that DeSantis is, is offering that up, right? He's throwing up the softball there. Here's how you go ahead and do it. And by the way, what I really liked about that was it was totally congruent with what I talked about with Kevin McCarthy, Leader McCarthy, a couple weeks ago in D.C., where I said to him, well, you know, you guys have these hearings. There's always these departments doing all this awful stuff, but no, never, nothing ever comes of it. And he mentioned the power of the purse, too, that they are going to start defunding these things. And it seems fairly obvious to me that the only way that you can get the Department of Justice or you can get the FBI or these, these agencies that in many ways have just gone rogue and are spending more time looking at the average citizen for caring about what their kid is learning in school than, I don't know, maybe a domestic terrorist or what's going on with these radicalized trans groups that are hunting down girls in San Francisco or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if you start taking away their money, you start firing people, they start becoming a little slimmer and trimmer and then on the ball for what the mission is. Now you've got something. And by the way, guys, other politicians are seeing that too. As you know, Ron DeSantis has not announced, but Chip Roy, oh, Chip Roy, who is thought of as, as a, like on the right wing of the right wing, not meaning he's far right in any pejorative sense, but meaning he's, a, he's basically like a libertarian guy from Texas. He has already endorsed uh, Governor DeSantis. And now Thomas Massey, who I think is absolutely fantastic. He's, he's sort of the congressional version of Rand Paul. Like he's a full, and he also happens to be from Kentucky. Uh, he now has gone ahead and, inter, and endorsed Ron DeSantis. I had Chip and, and uh, Thomas on the show, uh, representatives Roy and Massey, I should say, on the show when we were in DC together. If you haven't seen that, uh, you can check that out. And it's interesting, you can just see that the liberty-loving class of people are lining up in a certain direction. There's gonna be a political cost for it, 
but again, I just think you have to do what's right. But what else is the machine doing? Okay, it can throw all kinds of stuff. The people at MSNBC can lie, all of that stuff. But remember where we started today? We started talking about the culture piece of this. The culture piece matters. So Dana White talking about the culture that is in Miami. It shows you a bottom-up version of this thing, right? Like freedom leads to good people showing up to places. People are happy. Restaurants are packed. Economy starts doing well. That's the engine that makes America, America. Then we have the top-down version of culture, which is what we get out of our corporate press. And I would completely connect our corporate press to a place of quote-unquote comedy like Saturday Night Live. Here's Saturday Night Live attempting to mock and DeSantis, mock and DeSantis, mock and attack DeSantis over Disney this weekend. This is, this is what I'm told is comedy. You may want to put your head on your table right now. This week, Governor Ron DeSantis ramped up his war on Disney after they stopped his attempts to control Disney World's district. Here to comment is the villain from the movie Aladdin Jafar. <laughs> So, this is the famous Rockefeller Palace. <laughs> okay, so Jafar, as a Disney character, what do you think of Ron DeSantis? You mean the boy? <laughs> well, Michael, as far as villains go, the boy's an amateur. He has no riz, no spark, no drip. The look is giving baby mayor. <laughs> I mean, he did wear those white cowboy boots, but let's be honest, they wore him. <laughs> He might not look the part, but are you saying DeSantis isn't bad enough? Not at all. Don't get me wrong. The boy is plenty evil. I mean, banning Rosa Parks in schools. I'm a dark sorcerer, and even I was like, Jesus, dude, it's Rosa Parks. <laughs> yeah, now he's coming for Disney after their stance against his don't say gay bill. <laughs> if the boy thinks he can somehow prevent Disney World from being gay, that carpet has flown. <laughs> know what I mean? No, I really don't. If you laughed at any of that, never watch this show again. I want nothing to do with you. If you smile, if your lips moved, smirk, anything, that's it. You can't watch anymore. We're done. Uh, of course, it's all nonsense, right? The don't say gay, you drivel, like all, like what are these people doing? What are they doing with their lives? 30 people write that show. At least, they have at least 30 writers that spend a week to come up with that crap. But again, who's the machine going after? Who are they focused on? They're focused on the guy not running, DeSantis, more than they're focused on Trump. Because as I predicted a year ago, they were gonna turn DeSantis into Trump, i.e. Hitler with a calculator. He's, he's Trump, but he's worse because he knows what he's doing. So what do we have to do to squash the machine, whether it's the CNN or MSNBC nonsense, or whether it's SNL and everything else? We have to keep changing the culture so that we can, so that the culture will allow for a new political leader who has the right ideas to flourish. It has a little something to do with us. If, if we all demand clarity and competency and communication, well then we'll get a political leader who might care about those things. So we have to build new things along with that, right? Whether that's tech with Rumble and Locals and everything else, but you also have to do it with culture. You have to show that Colbert and Kimmel and the and SNL that these are craptastic ventures 
that should be buried forever. One of the things that I'm very proud of here in the state of Florida is you guys know Patrick Bet David. He's got a huge podcast. He's a businessman. He's done a, a gajillion great things. He's up in Fort Lauderdale and they just built out because they want to go all in on this. They want to build an alternative to Hollywood. As he said to me, he's buying, uh, well, I can't even, I don't even know if that's public knowledge, but he's doing a lot of stuff to create a new Hollywood right here in Florida, okay? So what he did last week was the second episode of his live show in front of about 300 people. The guests were former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani and I. We talked Trump, we talked to Santa's. It was fun and silly and great, uh, but it was a late night show. He's getting a liquor license there, there. There was a cigar bar outside. They had people partying outside like, we don't need it from Hollywood anymore. We can rebuild it right here. Here's a little snippet of the show. Uh, this is from last Thursday. I, I, again, just to reiterate, the reason that I, that I support the guy the way I do is because I see what he has done to my life. And I, and I suspect that many of you, if you live in Florida, are feeling the exact same, same thing. And I just see what's going on here uh, relative to a country right now that is upside down in so many ways. Don't forget, the guy, you know, four years ago, he only beat Andrew Gillum, who turned out to be a meth addict. He only beat him by 30,000 votes. That's how close Florida got to basically being Illinois or New York or, or California at this point, you know, once you factor in COVID. So that's one thing. So he'd have to figure out some of the legislative stuff, which, is, you know, they've got a supermajority here. I think that'll work itself out. I think the other part of this probably is, you know, if you're the guy that, that from where I sit, I think most people see as the most competent public leader that we have at this point. A guy who also, as I said before, the age thing, he's, I think he's about 45. You know, he's got three kids, he's a family man. He come, you know, all the, think of all the people over the last, you know, six years who would say, you know, I, I, I get Trump on the policy. I like the policies. It's working, the economy's cooking, peace in the Middle East, all that stuff. I don't like the tweets and the attitude, right? That was the whole thing. I don't like the mean tweets. Well, congratulations, you, you got it with this guy. So the point is, I think he can bring over the independents. I think he can bring over the disaffected liberals like me, like this guy, uh, like probably some people in this crowd. He proved it here because he went from 30,000 votes to winning by about 1.6 million votes. So I think he's the crossover guy. Okay, I think you get my feelings on all of this, but really why I was showing you that is because we'll rebuild Hollywood here here on the east coast of Florida. We'll rebuild tech on the west coast with Rumble and we've got offices here in Miami with locals. All of the things can happen, but it happens with us first. It happens with people like Mayor Suarez doing the right things to invite the right people so that industries start coming here. And then industries like the UFC start coming and that's cool with a younger set of people who maybe don't live and breathe politics as the way you or I might. And then next thing you know, you've got a flourishing city and you've got a flourishing state and the places that they leave will continue to fail. And then if a whole bunch of us really see that, then we can go, all right, man, we fixed it on the ground here. Now let's go for the big boy, right? Now let's go for the federal government and see if we can fix that. And I think my feelings are clear on who the best person to do that would be. That is our program for today. If you have not seen it, my full interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene, which I think you would get to see her in a whole new light, uh, is up across platforms right now. Oh, and I have to mention this. Look at this. A fan sent me this from the locals community. This is an 8-bit Nintendo. Are we, are we zoomed? Yeah, there we go. 8-bit Nintendo Golden Girls. 
Apparently, I've been told it's a faux game. I haven't put it in my Nintendo yet. I do have my Nintendo set up. Uh, it's apparently not real, but imagine if the girls eating mushrooms, jumping on turtles would have been great. Uh, I leave you with a cold close. Uh, this is a nice moment that, so Rudy and I, you know, first off, I, I just love this guy. You know, I lived in New York City during 9-11. I have so much respect for this guy. For those of you that read uh, Don't Burn This Country, I devote basically half a chapter to him when it comes to, to leadership and how leaders aren't born. They, they become leaders over time and how his life's work led him to that incredible moment around 9-11. But he's got a great sense of humor. We were hanging out after smoking cigars. We're gonna we're gonna do something live in in Miami. We're gonna figure that out. And he's he's just a he sticks by his guns, whether he's right or wrong on everything. It doesn't matter. He's just he's got a great spirit. I love that New York City attitude and everything else. Anyway, here's a nice little moment that we had together, and then we will do a post game show in about forty seven seconds. See ya. Can you guys Google it? Does she have a dick? And <laughs> the fact that I just said that in front of Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Rudy didn't know I what a meme was before this. I lived in New York City during 9-11. Like, this guy is a true hero, and I apologize for even doing that. I don't know what a meme is, but I know what a dick is. <laughs> Rudy, don't worry. Thank you. Good night. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubenreport.locals.com.